um, continue in our study of, oh my, Shabbat at Wendy's. What could that possibly be? Let's roll the film. One of my friends said to me, come on, we're going to go to Wendy's for Shabbat. I said, Wendy's Shabbat? I couldn't believe this. I think I kind of started it. We were sitting around the pool on a Friday night with nothing to do and nowhere to go, and and we're not fancy people, so we figured, let's go down to Wendy's. Shabbat is the celebration of the beginning of our Sabbath. We do the prayers for the candles. We do the prayers for the challah. We do the prayers for the wine. We have a retired rabbi. I don't even know if he's really retired. I'm probably the oldest practicing rabbi in the United States today. There's one guy now, Lou Silverman, who is really very helpful and has kind of taken charge. Okay, at about 3 o'clock on Friday afternoons, I call Wendy's. They know me. I say, it's Lou Silberman calling for the table set up. And when we get there, the tables are already set up in a row because these youngsters that uh, Wendy's are very fond of us generally, and they work hard for us. It reminds me of my grandparents, but that's how they are when we go out to eat. Like, they order specifically. Like, that's how my grandparents, like, they want their stuff. They want their things in a certain way. For $4, you get a hamburger, you get french fry, you get uh, a drink, and then you get uh, chicken nuggets, all for the same $4. I either have a son of Baconator <laughs> and some well-done french fries. Other times, I'll have a baked potato with some chili because I want to tell you something, Wendy's chili is outstanding. Usually, people have baked potatoes, some have salads. Hardly anybody has a hamburger there. A hamburger, or they'll get a chicken wrap. Can schmooze for up to an hour or two hours. And it's just a great, it's a hoot. In Judaism, ritual is what keeps the people together. Sabbath is a unique day because it's supposed to transform you from the ordinary to the extraordinary. It is a family gathering 60 to 70 years later, bunch of oldies but goodies, and they're remembering their religion. You cannot go to the doctor without telling everybody at Wendy's Shabbat, you went to the doctor, this is what he said, and this is your prospects of getting better, and so on and so forth. Living by yourself and having a group like going to Wendy's, it gives you a feeling of belonging. It gives you a warm feeling to believe in something or to be involved. It's a feeling within that you, you need something.
now, there's a couple things, though, I want to point out. I mean, in many ways, very lovely, very Hamish, very Hamish, very warm and fuzzy. But a couple of things. Uh, did you ever hear them reference God? No, not once. Outside of the prayers, no. Not the point. It's interesting, isn't it? It's not their point. Fulfilling a tradition is the point. Yeah, there's a piece of that. The big piece is community. Yet they talk about the transformative experience of Shabbat. Now, Shabbat is transformative. All right? If you, if you keep the Shabbat, I think that there's a, a benefit in keeping of the Shabbat. First of all, you'll take a break from all the insanity of the world that we live in. I want to share something next week about that. But um, it is surprising that this video talks about Jewish people coming together on Shabbat simply for community. And yet, if you recall, uh, last week in my discussion about the Holy Spirit, one of the things that the Spirit of God does within us is to facilitate unity among followers of Yeshua. Now, this morning what I want to do is, uh, I'm not going to go too far ahead because I know a bunch of people are missing because of the snow, but I want to move to the next part of this series. We've talked about the person of the Ruach, the person of the, the Spirit of God. We're going to review that in a minute. We've talked about the role of the Ruach. What I want to talk about today is why he is so important to us. Why is he important? And that is, that is going to get down to the reality, the experiential. Everything else is kind of very theoretical. I mean, when we talk about, uh, about the Spirit, I'm going to move right ahead. This is, of course, the overview of it. But the person of the Ruach, the person of the Ruach is the divine power of God himself. I think the, the, the text communicates that the Ruach is the divine power of God himself. That's something to contemplate, something to think about, something to incredibly not be able to fully understand, not even slightly. Do you understand the power of God? Do you understand the power of God? It's not understandable. It's not understandable. You can experience the power of God, but he's beyond our understanding. That's what makes him so amazing. He's non-corporeal, immaterial. Again, we're like, you know, remember little uh, Casper the Friendly Ghost figure? All right. But, but this goes back to our discussion, theology. These are important truths. If you believe that God is a bodily, has a bodily form, and we're not talking about Yeshua, we're talking here about God as an old man upstairs, you have an improper understanding of who God is. Your theology, your theological understanding of who God is is broken. (laughs) It's incorrect. It is doing you harm, all right? When we talk about the role of the Ruach, we talked about the fact it's the indwelling power of God to connect us, direct connect us with God. We talked about uh, the uh, fact that this indwelling power of God, his role is to convict us of sin, to point out our sinfulness. Again, you know, I mean, that's, that's like a tick list, right? These are things, yeah, 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 yeah. The last one, 
the indwelling power of God to unite us, whether they're followers of Messiah Yeshua. Again, we can think ticklist, of course, sure, I understand, yeah, right. This morning what I want us to do is to recognize that all of this is nice and dandy, but if we don't take it seriously, we got a major problem. I love the words in uh, the book of James, the devils believe in God, but it really doesn't do much for them. You know, Satan has a personal understanding of who God is that you and I will not have this side of eternity. But does it really do much for him? No. He works in complete opposition to him. So fundamentally, we must understand the Holy Spirit's role is to transform us. It is to change us. It is to rock your world. Where did that come from? God wants to rock your world. He wants to shake you up. He wants to fundamentally change you from the inside out. Is that important to you? Are you seriously interested? I mean, I, I, I end the line with, well, two lines. This requires our full cooperation. We must take this seriously. Full cooperation. Maybe where you're at right now as a believer is that you fundamentally refuse to give God full control over your life. You've cut the Spirit of God off in your life. We'll talk about that next week. That's called quenching the Spirit. You have basically cut Him off and you are ignoring Him. Maybe you desire to really do, you want to desire to live for God, but you have sin in your life that you're allowing to stay in your life. We talked about it before. Maybe you have a drinking problem. Maybe you look at porn. Maybe you lie. Maybe you're lazy. Maybe you steal. And it's habitual. And it's something that you would like. You know you shouldn't do it, but you're doing it. You're grieving the Spirit of God in your life. He wants, to pull he wants to pull you through that. And you're inhibiting him. You want to change, but you're not willing to change. And that grieves him. Because he wants to transform your life. If, now there's two, two ways of looking at this. I'm going to throw these out this week. <clears throat> if you are not taking seriously the person and role of the Ruach, then you need to check to see if you are actually a believer. If you're actually a true follower of Messiah Yeshua. I want you to think about this. How many of you are second generation believers? Your parents are believers and they've raised you to be a believer. How many of you are second generation believers? All right. All right if your parents are believers, you were raised in this. The next set of verses is really important for you. Take a look at these verses. Let's take a look at the first one. Test yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Examine yourselves, or don't you know yourselves that Messiah Yeshua is in you? Unless, of course, you failed the test. We need to be very careful, individually, each one of us. Are we truly believers? And I'm tossing that out because we can't get to the second point until we really go through this first point. Are you really a believer? 
you take all this seriously. I find that among Messianic Jews, especially the second generation, most of them don't become believers. They say, yeah, 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 yeah. And then all of a sudden they're like, no, I really don't believe this actually after all. And then they leave. <laughs> a few of them say, yeah, I don't really believe this, but I'm open to, 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 to getting becoming a believer. But that's the minority. doesn't matter how old you are. Maybe you can be Tony's age, or maybe you can be David's age, you know. doesn't matter. Do you really personally take this seriously for yourself? Because the intellectualism of the theology in the first two points, the person of the Ruach, the role of the Ruach, are absolutely immaterial and unimportant unless you take it seriously. And you recognize that you indeed are a follower of Messiah Yeshua and you don't want to grieve the Spirit and you certainly don't want to quench the Spirit. If you don't have an attitude that, that is concentrated on submitting your life to the Lord your God, are you a believer? You know, I was sitting in my chair, which I wish I could do more often than I do, <laughs> and I was thinking about some stuff. Uh, maybe I'll put this up next week, but I wrote this down. In an age of indulgence and excessive living, how hard it is to be filled with the Spirit. In an age of indulgence and excessive living, how hard it is to be filled with the Spirit. Last night, uh, we had uh, a couple over, and we were, one of the points we were talking about is all the noise, all the noise. So much noise today, so much distraction today, so much negative influence today. Our society is crazy with bad influences, not the least of which stuff that pops on your phone all the time, right? But think about all the things we can engage with that really are counterproductive to the work of the Spirit. We, we, we live in a time of excess. You know, when I, when I take kids overseas and we go to Israel, or if you go to Europe, you go anywhere. You get a large anything, and it's smaller than our small in America. Why? Because we are gluttonous. How many of you recognize that overeating is sin? It's gluttonous. You know, as a, as a nation, alcoholism's on the rise in America. Why? Because we're a nation of people that are in, living in excess. You know, the opi opioid crisis. Where's that coming? My brother uh, is, uh, you know, is a bounty hunter in California. Pot? Oh my goodness, let's just legalize everything and then we'll really screw things up. This is the age in which we live. How does it affect us? It is affecting us. The only way it won't affect us is if we truly are indeed followers of the Messiah, Yeshua, and we intentionally desire to not grieve the Spirit or, God forbid, quench Him in our lives. But we have to begin with these two verses, which are very challenging. It's interesting, these verses are written to the Corinthian believers, who have a lot of issues, <laughs> right? and then to the Roman community which Paul had never been to, all right? And generally, the book is, is very positive. This particular chapter, even in chapter 8, very positive. But in the midst of it, look at the text up there. 
However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Ruach, and indeed the Ruach Elohim dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Ruach of Messiah, it does not belong to him. And we started this whole series by asking the question, how often do we really think about the Ruach, the Spirit of God living within us? How often do we consider whether or not the Spirit is active in us? Do we appreciate the Spirit's role to connect us with God? Do we appreciate the Spirit's role to convict us of sin? Do we appreciate the Spirit's role to connect us and unite us with one another? If we don't appreciate any of that stuff, maybe the Spirit's not in us. The Spirit's not in us. We're not believers in Yeshua because the Spirit's purpose is to seal us as followers of Yeshua. If right now you're like, I find this all boring, then there's a good chance you're not a believer in Yeshua. I mean, if right now I'm talking and you're like, this whole thing is ridiculous. I believe in Jesus. Are you sure? You need to test yourself. Are you indeed a follower of Messiah? Because if you are, the Spirit of God is in you. And the Spirit of God is trying to wrap on your brain right now. Probably not your brain, it's probably your soul. <laughs> Saying, hey, I'm here. I got work to do. <laughs> Open up. Let me do my work. Revelations chapter 3 talks about the, these believers in Laodicea. And the verse says that uh, Yeshua stands at the door and knocks. If anyone is home... Open the door and I'll come in. It's not a text about people becoming believers. It's a, unfortunately a text of how believers can become lukewarm and how they can grieve and ultimately find that God isn't able to work in their lives at all. Do you want God to work in your life? Do you want God to work in your life? Have you tested? Are you truly a believer in Yeshua? Do you accept the Besorah, the good news, that through faith in Yeshua's atonement, you have full and complete forgiveness of sin in a relationship with God? Have you actually come to believe that yourself? If not, then you're separated from God. You will spend eternity in hell, which is horrible, especially because you know better, but choose not to. Now, if you have tested yourself and you are a follower of Messiah Yeshua, the question that I want to ask today is how seriously are you taking the person and role of the Ruach in your life? I'd like us to read, take out your, your copies of the scripture. Let's take a look at Ephesians 4. And again, I'm not going not to uh, uh, dwell too much on it. <clears throat> this is really meant to be a, a message to get you to think privately, personally, to consider the words, the text, and how it's impacting you. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 17. We're going to, it's on page 1,120. So go ahead and turn, if you got a text, page 1,120. Classic text, Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 17. It says, So I tell you this, indeed, I insist on it in the Lord. Walk no longer as the pagans do, stumbling around in the futility of their thinking, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance in them due to the hardness of their heart. Since they are past feeling, they have turned themselves over to indecency for the practice of every kind of immorality with greed for more. However, you did not learn Messiah in this way. So just to stop for a moment, Paul, Shaul, writing this to believers, challenged them to make sure that they 
are not doing what these non-believers are doing, that their values and goals in life are not like theirs, that their way of walking on life is not like theirs. If a moment ago I read that, you're like, wow, that sounds like me. Well, then maybe you need to go back to those verses on testing. But let's continue. Verse 21. If indeed you have heard him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Yeshua, with respect to your former lifestyle, you are to lay aside the old self, corrupted by its deceitful desires, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So lay aside lying, and each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry, yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, nor give the devil a foothold. The one who steals must steal no longer. Instead, he must work doing something useful with his own hands so he may, he may have something to share with the one who has need. Let no harmful word come out of your mouth, but only what is beneficial for building others up according to the need so that it gives grace to those who hear it. Do not grieve the Ruach HaChodesh of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and quarreling and slander, along with all malice. Instead, be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God and Messiah also forgave you. When a person becomes a believer in Yeshua, the Spirit of God comes to live within them. And a sign of genuine faith is transformation. A sign of a weak believer, a carnal believer, is, is a loss of transformation. How you been changing? How you been growing more and more into the image of Messiah? How are you doing with some of these things laid out here? Do you take seriously the Spirit's role in your life to transform you, to change you? Do you desire the Spirit to change you, to transform you? Are you taking seriously as the Spirit's role to powerfully connect you with the Father? Do you desire to know God? If you have no desire to know God, you are lost in your sins and you're going to go to hell. And you deserve to go to hell because you don't care. <laughs> Why in the world would you want to spend eternity with God? You don't want to spend eternity with Him on earth. Do you desire to be connected with God? If you don't desire to be connected with God, you are lost in your sins. Period. But if you desire to be connected with God, then connect with Him and take seriously the fact that He wants to connect with you through the power of the Spirit in your transformed life because of your faith in Yeshua's atonement. Do you take seriously the Spirit's role to convict you of your sins? Do you actually rejoice in the fact that you got someone on the inside helping you to be changed? Y'all, anybody have a bad habit? Don't lift your hand. We all have bad habits. Rejoice in the fact that God's Spirit is there on the inside to help change you, to help make you a better person, fundamentally. Fundamentally. Isn't that amazing? Think about all the money we can save on self-help books. All right, well, some of it's helpful. But do you recognize the role of the Spirit of God to make you a person who is better than you are today? 
through his power. Do you appreciate that, though? Because if you don't appreciate that, that means that when God points out, the Spirit of God in you points out your sin. You shouldn't be watching that. You shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be eating that. That's my thing. Right? Do you listen 